welcome to the Management Insights Podcast Series hosted by McGraw-Hill Education. My name is Debbie Clare, Executive Marketing Manager for our management portfolio. Today's topic, cultural competence. Our guest, Cherie Phillips. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Deb. I come from industry. I've worked in a myriad of industries, uh, tech. I was working at EDS and HP in real estate and insurance. I work for Transamerica and logistics. I work for Greyhound Lines. And then also in the energy sector, I work for Dresser Halliburton. I earned my doctorate from Jacksonville University in Jacksonville, Florida. And I'm currently the assistant professor of management and economics, where I teach economics, management, international business at the undergraduate and graduate level. And I've also taught previously taught entrepreneurship at Lipscomb University in Nashville, Tennessee. I am an active economic advisor and consultant, a blogger and a researcher. Fabulous. So what does cultural competence mean? Cultural competence is more than cultural awareness. It's more than cultural sensitivity uh, and is also even more than being politically correct. And it's greater than diversity and inclusion. It is a soft skill that is developed and it is by definition an ability to interact effectively with people of different cultures and being respectful and responsive. But what I will tell you is that it is actually studying other cultures to gain an understanding. And through that understanding, you view the, those other cultures as equal so that it minimizes ethnocentrism. And so by viewing others as equal, then you are less likely to fall into the traps that lend itself to discriminatory practices, um, inequities of, of various types. Why is having cultural competence so important, especially nowadays? If you look, if you look at anything that is happening in the news, from the political to the economic uh, to the social, you'll see that there is a vast need for an understanding of the various cultures. The United States, we are a cornucopia of diversity in terms of culture and if we had, I think that if we had a better understanding, if we seek to understand, I think a lot of the issues that we see play out would be minimized. How can your colleagues develop more of the cultural competence in their students? Through experience, creating learning opportunities that would allow students to look at themselves, look at their behavior, and to ask the, the questions, who am I? Who are we? Uh, what do we do? And why we do what we do? Uh, I think through to uh, Edgar Schein's culture model. And his model says that um, you look at if you envision a pyramid and at the top of the pyramid, you look at a society's artifacts. And then you look just beneath that are the espoused values of that society. And then at the base, you're looking at the underlying assumptions of that society. So the artifact would be, what do you see? So if we're looking at the U.S. culture, we see divisiveness. And so then we look at what are the values that, um, that undergird that divisiveness? Well, we've got diversity of thought. We've got diversity of ex lived experiences. And then the underlying assumptions would be, uh, could be, or would be 
my values are greater than your values. And so if we went through this process of being competent in others' culture, then we could see, yes, there are differences, but there are more similarities than differences. And so if there's more similarities than differences, then that would go back to the espoused values. Because here in the United States, we do hold some self-evident truths. And we do have, despite our diversity, we do hold similar values. And then from that, if we understood all of that, then we should see in the artifacts, what we would see is greater cooperation, less divisiveness. And that plays out itself, not just in the classroom, but it plays out in the larger context of our society, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in um, our religious or non-religious activities, and also uh, economic activities. Now, any suggestions to your peers on how to implement some of these techniques in the classroom? I would go, at this point, I would talk through um, Kurt Lewin's principles. Uh, he says that when you're changing, as, as educators, our job is to, to change the culture. We start changing the culture because of how we teach our students. And so we do this already in the classroom. So it's called unfreeze, change, refreeze. And so basically our students come to us with these set of ideas about whatever our content is. And so what we have to do is unfreeze those thoughts. And then once we unfreeze those thoughts, then we change their th that thought by providing them with facts concepts, principles, and then we refreeze what we want them to know by encouraging and rewarding and celebrating that thought process or that, that whole educational process. So for my colleagues, it would require them, it would require us to prepare our students in advance. And we do that by laying out expectations in the classroom. It would play itself out by providing them with this compelling message as to why we do what we're doing. It requires us to um, get them to think, who are you? What do you, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And so um, that first part of, you know, establishing the expectations, providing this compelling message is going to be difficult as any faculty knows, but it's, we're, we're so used to it that we don't actually think that we don't pull that together and realize we've already doing it. So when the students come in and we give them the syllabus and we say, these are our expectations, that's the unfreeze. The, the compelling message in this class, this is what you're going to learn, those student learning objectives. That's part of the unfreeze. And then we transition into the change. We tell them, we give them the so what. We give them the what's in it for me. Well, what's in it for you, of course, is the grade. And it is also getting the degree. It is also getting you prepared, you know, career ready for when you graduate and leave us. And so that's that change. And that's how we introduce the concepts that we're going to present, the principles that we're going to present, those learning opportunities, whether it's traditional assignments or whether it's project-based learning, or you know simulations, whatever that is, and that's that change component. And then the refreeze part is when we celebrate the victories, we celebrate the wins, so that uh, we reward the new behavior, usually at the end of the semester, 
or even, you know, after post-graduation, when we get that, you know, email or that text or, you know, thank you, you know, I appreciate, you know, what you've done or this happened to me on the job and it made me think about you. That's the celebration. And so if we see what we've already done and what we're currently doing and we, you know, how we go about what we do, that is how we develop that cultural competence. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your perspective, experience, and advice. To our listeners, check back for future topics and spread the word to your colleagues about our podcast series. Why? Because learning changes everything. <laughs>